beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief, Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's start this brand new poll on provincial politics here. Oh, this yeah. is bad news here for oh. BC United. More bad. The latest in a series of polls that have them basically very far back from the NDP and basically tied with the Conservative Party of BC. So American Psycho's Research Co. poll out just a few minutes ago, 48% of decided voters are, favor the NDP. Which is a huge number. 45. 48. Uh, 48. 48%, oh, my God. Which 48. Is that's ridiculously huge. high for yes. a government of yeah. any stripe. Uh, that's actually up two points from May. But here's where it gets interesting. The BC United at 20% down 13 points. And oh. the Conservative Party of BC with 19% up 15. Oh. Greens are, you know, in fourth place with 12%. So you look at an electoral map. and you, you sort of put these results against an electoral map on ridings where you've got the NDP leading pretty well everywhere. Um, we're looking at a 70. If an election were held today, that's like 70 seats for the NDP. Be a landslide. We're looking at like almost 2001 election results. It's a complete wipeout. So it's got to, and this has been kicking around the legislature for weeks now. Is this name change for the BC United a complete failure? Right. Right now it is. They just haven't latched onto the voters. No. I mean, they finished fourth in by-elections. Um, they're trailing badly here. I mean, half, you know, less than 50% of the NDP vote, and they're tied with the Conservatives. Now, diehards who say, no, no, this is going to work, point to the 2013 election, where before the election, the Conservative Party under John Cummins was tracking around 20%. But the Liberal brand back then was the government. Yes. They were still in the 40% range. Yeah. I mean, it looked like Adrian Dixon, the NDP, was going to win the election, but it was going to be a, you know, it wasn't going to be a wipeout. It was going to be a competitive election, sure. even though the, the polls suggested the NDP would win. Well, of course, the BC Liberals under Christy Clark won. Yeah. And now the certain people in the BC United Party said, well, that's just it's the same thing is going to happen in 2013. It's fundamentally different because the BC United is not a known brand. Back in 2013, the BC Liberals had won a series of elections. You know, and, and Kevin Falcon and those who favored the name change said people were confused by the name BC Liberal. Well, they were so oh. confused, they they won the popular vote in six consecutive elections. Well, they're even more That's confused how much now. confusion there was. They're more confused now. Yeah, so I think there's got to be some panic going on in the oh, BC yeah. United ranks. They've lost one MLA to the Conservatives. So the House comes back next week. Yeah. The Legislative Management Committee here has already awarded a big budget increase to John Rustad and the Conservatives because oh. they now have official party status. Yeah. Over the course of a full year, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Haven't got the word yet from what the lineup and question period is, but I think based on my conversations with the Greens and the NDP, the expectation is VCU Conservatives will be given full uh, parity with the Greens in question period, which means they get a question and a follow-up, just like the Greens do. Every day. That time will come from the BC United time yes, in the question yes. period. It doesn't come from the Greens. It comes from BC United. So things are working again. And this poll right now, I just, you got to figure, is there panic in the BC? Right? Oh, this is a disaster, I think. Now we're one year out from an election. Is it too late for them to switch back? And they go, they go back, oh, forget about this BC United. We're the BC Liberals again. I wonder whether that conversation is being had as we speak across the legislature hallways, <laughs> which we're at right now, where BC United staff and MLAs are probably scratching their heads. What do we got to do to get? They keep promising or claiming there's going to be a marketing campaign. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a single ad, oh. radio or TV or newspapers, yeah. nothing that says explaining what the BC United brand is. It costs money. You have to pay people to put together an ad campaign. That costs money. Then it costs money to get earned, to, to buy time on yeah. TV and radio. It's expensive. 
And I remember we I went through part of us I was part of a station, went through a major rebrand back years ago. We were BCTV. Biggest one of the biggest brands in BC in the eighties and nineties. I mean, nothing got bigger than BCTV. We suddenly had to go from being BCTV to global. Global, right? And it took a couple of years. It we went from being BCTV, you know, TV for BC and the dogwood and all that. Yeah. If people remember, slowly became BCTV on global. We were like that for about a year. The, the two the two names were linked in yeah. people's minds: BCTV global, BCTV right. global. And it took a long time for to make that association. Then we slowly lost the BCTV brand and became global. Now we're this huge brand. When we became a huge brand again, uh, and very identifiable. But it took a long time to get to that brand. And the Liber- and the BC United, the clock is ticking. The election is next fall, unless yeah. Evie pulls the plug early in spring. Ooh. And I've often thought he's going to wait till the fall. But you got to figure his trigger finger is getting pretty itchy. If oh, this is a juicy conser- opportunity. Conservatives and the BC United splitting yeah. that vote. Yeah, we're talking the NDP winning. All the way through the Fraser Valley, when in basically everything outside of Kelowna, the Okanagan, Kelowna, and the Peace River are basically in sight for the NDP with this type of vote split. How about Kevin Falcon calls up Rustad and says, let's do a merger, BC United, BC Conservatives. We can call ourselves United Conservatives. Well, what I'm do I, you think? I've heard rumblings that that's already been broached, and Rustad's told them, Go jump in the lake. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Rustad knows he's got something here. I mean, yeah. he claims he's running to be government. I don't I don't think the vote split that way. But keep in mind, the conservative brand is riding pretty high right now because of Pierre Poliev and the federal conservatives. Yeah. There's bound to be a sort of a, a, a rebound effect here in B.C. And if, if you figure um, nationally, the conservative, particularly if we get into a federal election next year, you're going to hear the word conservative over and over again on the national stage. Oh, boy. And that is free publicity for John Rustad. Sure. So he's got a known brand. Yeah. People know what conservative is. If you're yeah. a conservative voter right now, it's the polls are suggesting all the conservative voters who used to vote for BC Liberal are now parking their votes with BC Conservative because they know what that brand is. They don't know what BC United is. So I think okay. it's a, a potential disaster for them. Get set to call me on that one. Okay, let's talk about the naughty list here, the famous naughty list. Uh, with, this is happening this afternoon. So the government, the BC government had earlier put out this list of municipalities mm-hmm. that were not pulling their weight on getting new housing built. So they've called this the naughty list, and they've been saying that they're going well, to do something a, about it, right? So what's happening there? It's a naughty and nice list. Not everyone on that list is naughty. So uh, it was a catchy little phrase. So there's 10 municipalities have been identified. They're going to get assigned housing targets to yeah. build housing over the next five years. And that includes everything, I think, in we've got Vancouver, Delta, North Van, West Van, in Met- Abbotsford. And then over here we've got Victoria. Oh, we also have Port Moody, Victoria, Saanich, and Oak Bay over here in Kamloops, in the interior. Kamloops is the one outside the capital and Metro. And then you've got Oak Bay here as well. No, I would say Oak Bay's on the naughty list. Oh, yeah. They're the top, that's, of, the, that's that's the top of the naughty list. Yeah. yeah, I live in Victoria. You live in Oak Bay. Oak Bay's notorious for saying no to housing. Oh, yeah. Well, let's have a listen to a developer here. This is Kim Koppelman. And now this is the developer who wanted to build a condo development on the main street yeah. in, in Oak Bay. Oh, okay. Worked on it for nine years. The 14-unit 14 14 condo building. And Oak Bay City Council center packing and, and rejected it. Have a listen to her. I was speechless. I mean, this is a 
four-story building in between two four-story buildings on Oak Bay Avenue. There's very few developers that will come into Oak Bay. Uh, the, the, it takes too long. Yeah, they're the top of the naughty yeah. list here. And David Eby actually singled out that development. That's right. As, yeah. the, pro- as the prime example. Yeah. of what could not be allowed to happen anymore. So this is an example that government's prepared to reach over the heads of councillors who are elected with very small numbers. I mean, people don't vote in municipal elections. Maybe, I mean, maybe this Force them to build. And force them to build. It's yeah. a carrot-and-stick approach. So 2 o'clock today, Ravi Kalin, the housing minister, is Saanich Municipal Hall. Saanich is on the list. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's interesting. You see mayors now who want to be part of this. So Dean Murdoch, mayor of Saanich, is on the, is in the news release praising this. Oh, uh, Marianne Alto, the mayor of Victoria, is in the news release. Also on saying, the list. Also saying we welcome this. Okay. So you've got some of these municipalities that are saying, "Yeah, bring it on. We want to build housing." We'll see what Oak Bay's reaction is. Let me ask you about your thoughts on this Nazi nightmare in Ottawa. This yeah. is unbelievable that they bring in this Nazi war veteran to praise him in the House of Commons. He gets a, a standing ovation from MPs. This has turned into a, another disaster, this one in Ottawa. Let's listen to the Speaker of the House of Commons here. He invited this guy uh, to Parliament Hill. Here he is apologizing. I've subsequently become aware of more information which causes me to regret my decision to recognize this individual. I wish to apologize to the House, and I'm deeply sorry. I, I predict he'll be gone by the end of the day. He'll resign. Yeah, I would I would share that. So this is not like a cabinet minister where yeah. you get attacked politically. This is the speaker, yeah. and the speaker needs the command has to command the respect of everyone in the house, at least the majority of the people in the house. Right. You've already got the NDP in the block calling for his resignation, you've and got, the conservatives. I've, as of yesterday, the conservatives weren't, but I, okay. if they, I believe they're they, calling okay, for him. They've called, but they certainly were were contemptuous of him and sure. critical of him. Yeah. So, well, the conservatives want to blame it more on Trudeau yeah. than anything, right? Yeah, so the conservatives are, they know that the nuances of this are probably lost on the voter. Yeah. This is the speaker. He's not a member of the caucus, but he is a former liberal. Yeah. And the rules are he has to shed that identity and become a neutral speaker. But once you're, if you're the speaker, you generally come from the ruling party for the most part. We had an exception of that in BC a few years ago. Uh, so the, yeah, the conservatives are anxious and more than willing to hang us on Trudeau and say, oh, yes. you know, and, sure. that's, and they're going to stick to that. And that's, sure. you know, that's, but now you got the, politics. even the liberals are turning against this speaker yeah. now. So. so I don't see how he hangs on no. because this is not a cabinet minister uh, getting attacked by political opponents. This is the speaker who's supposed to be above the fray and get, and the only way you can function as a, as an effective speaker is if you command the respect of those you're in charge of. And right now he's lost that respect. Well, and the part of this where Trudeau deserves some heat is it's the PMO, the prime minister's office, that is ultimately responsible for vetting these people before they come to the House of Commons. Right. So they're supposed to be doing background checks, especially on a day when you've got Zelensky, the Ukraine pre- uh, pre- uh, president there. Yeah. One, right. So you got to have super high, you, high security. You figure you invite a Nazi. In, you know, <laughs> you'd figure the PMO would go through this guest list. Maybe they took the speaker's office at the word saying, oh, fine, you've, you're vouching for these guys. Okay, fine, we'll take we'll, – you, you did the vetting. We'll accept that. Yeah. But you're right. When Zelensky's in the House, presumably there are security checks. Of course. There are all sorts of checks. Yeah. Um, we see that in even the B.C. legislature. There's security here when certain dignitaries visit. And you got to figure the vetting obviously did not work here from someone's office. Right. And the PMO saying it's the speaker's problem. Well, if the speaker's problem, the speaker's probably going to have to... Uh, you're right. Set your clocks. Is he yeah. gone by 6 o'clock or not? I think he'll be gone today. Baldry's Beat, right to your phone calls here. Cameron in Chilliwack. Hi, Cameron. Go ahead. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Um, I got a couple points on that whole 
issue with the Nazi in the House. Uh, the first one, yeah, the Speaker should go. The head of the PMO, because he's the guy responsible for the vetting, and whoever it was in security, who like the actual person, the actual staffer, they should also go, because that should have been the most secure room in the country, and it wasn't. And then for any politician to also speak up and say, man, the guy's a Nazi, um, you all knew that, because it was announced, he fought against the Soviets in World War II. Yeah. Um, did everyone forget a yeah. great 11 history? Like, if you're <laughs> in the Soviet, you were a Nazi. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, Keith and I were, thank you for the call. Keith and I were just discussing off air when the speaker was introducing this guy. It's almost like you could see the wheels turning in his head. Maybe he realized that as he was saying that this guy fought the Russians in, in World War mm. II. Hmm, wait, wait a minute here. Weren't the Nazis fighting But the caller raised an interesting point. Will there be more than the speaker yeah. who loses a, a position over this? Mm. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't think the speaker himself vetted this guest, although it did come from his constituency. Yes, he invited him. Um, but did someone on the staff, either his staff or the PMO, sign yeah. off on this? Yeah. And maybe there's more than one head that will roll on this. Yeah. Mess. Simone in Surrey. Hi, Simone. Hi. Just two quick points. It's been reinforced all over the news that it would have been entirely inappropriate for the prime minister's office to interfere with the Speaker of the House because they're independent of that. Um, so I think we need to remember that point. Secondly, to the um, BC United name, a friend of mine has been referring to them as the B Cups, and I can't <laughs> unhear it. They need to change the name back. It, it just doesn't work. Yeah, BCUP, BC United Party, the yeah, B Cup Party. Lots of jokes so, on yeah. the name, the soccer yeah. team. How many own goals are they going to score? Yeah, that type of thing. In terms of the now, the speaker, you're right. The speaker is an independent office, and we don't know exactly the fine print here. What was vetted and what wasn't? That's a little Maybe. unclear. Like the 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 government house leader at one point yesterday seemed to indicate that there what there was a vetting that had mm-hmm. happened separate from the. Speaker's well, office. you can see, I can certainly see happening here, for example, the Speaker's office vets a guest list. Does the P, does the prime, the Premier's office in this case just simply sign off, say, okay, fine, yeah. you, you did the vetting, we'll take your word for it. Maybe that's what happened here. Yeah. I don't know, but as the previous caller said, that was a fairly secure room with Zelensky in the house. Oh, yeah. I would think security checks were a little Everyone should than have normal. been checked, right. Dwight in Kelowna. Hi, Dwight, go ahead. Uh, three things. Uh, I was a history major. Waffen SS were the worst of the worst mm. in World War II. Everybody was a second-class citizen in their minds. Uh, speaker's got to go. Somebody in the PMO's office got to go. It's pretty shocking. A previous caller made a comment, which, if it's true, it's shocking that if we're about to do something really stupid, that somebody can't say, "Hold on." Uh, and, and you didn't need for a minute. You didn't need to. Thank you for the call. You didn't need to be a detective or a super sleuth to find this guy's background. You find it in a Google search. Yeah, he wrote, uh, he wrote okay. a blog. He wrote a blog about his experience in this SS unit. Yeah. So, the, so. so yeah. So there's if there was a vetting, it wasn't very good. Obviously, yeah. this guy got through.